All right, let's go one more time before the Lord. Gracious, gracious, glorious Father, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, that we can come together and focus on you. And that even as we do, Lord, you draw us close. I pray that you would teach us today all that you have for us to learn. I pray that you would instill in us hope, that you would inspire us to move forward being about your business and about your work. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive the message that your spirit would speak to us this day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, folks, I am here to confess something to you this morning. I'm just going to say it. Many people in this world might think this unacceptable, but it's something that I need to share with you, and so I don't care whether people think it's acceptable or not. I need you to know that I have been listening to Christmas music since Halloween. I mean, like, literally on the day of Halloween, while I was at work, I snuck off into the medication room, which is the only quiet place on the unit where I work because the door is locked and the patients are on the other side of it. And I pulled out my iPhone and I hit on Amazon Prime Music and I sang Christmas songs while I pulled my meds. And it felt glorious. <laughs> When I heard that violin introduction, you know the one to the Christmas song, and then the voice of Nat King Cole sang chestnuts roasting on an open fire, it was like an escape for me. It was like I was just transported to my fireplace, which is a gas fireplace, and I've never even really eaten chestnuts, but it was like I was there, and it was like I was doing it, and none of that mattered because I was having a brief moment of peace and joy in the medication room. But then when Carrie Underwood's version of Silent Night came on, holy night, I, I cried just a little bit. And I closed my eyes. I stopped what I was doing and I closed my eyes as I heard that song that reminded me that Christ the Savior is born. And I pictured that scene at church on Christmas Eve, you know the one where we're all holding the candles that have been lit from the light of the Christ candle and we're all singing together Silent Night. It's literally my favorite moment of the year and just for a minute I needed, I needed to cling on to that moment. Why? Because I had just come out of 17 days of quarantine due to COVID that took a toll on me both physically and emotionally. And because as I was getting ready for work that very morning of Halloween, I turned on the news and what I heard was that there were riots and there was looting, and there was civil unrest among the people right here in our country and in our area. And I heard a story about children who had been separated from their parents, and I heard the account of a policeman who said he didn't feel safe going to work. And I heard about an entire portion of our population who just feel unsafe walking the streets because of the color of their skin. And all of that hurt my heart. 
it hurt my heart. And when I got in my car to drive to work, everywhere I looked, there were signs and banners and flags that reminded me that at the time we were right in the middle of a very contentious election season in which neighbors couldn't even speak to neighbors and family members couldn't speak to family members if they weren't on the same side of the election fence. And I, my heart hurt. And then I came into work and my patients were arguing with one another about something. I don't know. It doesn't even matter what. But I just needed for a minute in the midst of all of that to focus my intention on a hope of a better, kinder, more joyous time. And so into the med room I went and on went the Christmas music that Halloween morning. Now, in the time that Isaiah wrote the words that we heard Linda read for us, at that time, the people of God in Israel were feeling just exactly as overwhelmed and as worried and as frustrated as I was, and maybe you are, lately. They were facing the reality that their land was not safe. There was civil unrest among the people of the kingdoms. In Isaiah chapter 8, right before these words, he prophesied a, a war with the Assyrians. And the people knew that that was going to mean bad times for their nation. Doom, gloom, gloom is the word that Isaiah used. But then in chapter 9, Isaiah gives them just a little glimmer of hope to cling on to. An assurance that all will eventually be joyous and peaceful. It was like Isaiah gave the people of Israel a little Christmas song right in the midst of their gloom in order to comfort them. And here's what it sounded like. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people who rejoice at the harvest. And then after that, Isaiah went on to describe the Savior, the Messiah, the King upon whose shoulders the government would lie and the one who would bring peace to their lives. And the people in those words had something to look forward to. They had something in the midst of the darkness to give them hope. This morning, we are beginning a season, the season that I love most in the church calendar. It is the season of Advent. Today is the first Sunday of the time that we call Advent. It's the season where Christians consider the coming of Jesus into our world. And I'll tell you what, it is an event that we need now more than ever. The word Advent comes to us from Latin advenir. Ad, which means to or toward, and veneer, which means come. And so the advent of Jesus refers to the Son of God, the Savior, coming towards mankind. Advent speaks of the coming of Jesus. And what I want you and I to understand today as we consider this idea of Advent, of Jesus coming, is that we are right now in this moment smack dab between the two Advents of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're somewhere right in the middle of Jesus' arrival as a sweet little cuddly newborn baby in a manger 
and the arrival of the triumphant king who will tear open the skies and return at the sound of the trumpet, having defeated our adversary once and for all to establish his glorious kingdom here among us. We're right in the middle of those two advents. And I'm going to venture to say, okay, that since this season culminates with the day of Christmas on which we celebrate the birth of our Savior, it's easiest to let our minds go to that Advent, the one where Jesus came as a baby. Because who doesn't love a baby, right? A baby isn't intimidating, and a baby is sweet, and they're a little helpless, and they have those big eyes, and they have those little elbow dimples, and the chubby cheeks that you can pinch, and and you can't help but love the baby when you see them. And who doesn't love the idea of the baby Jesus? But I want to focus not just on that baby born to be our Savior, but also on the king who is returning to rule triumphantly. Why? Because the very weight for the advents of our Lord are literally enveloped in the promises of our God. And those promises, coupled with our knowledge about how faithful our God is, they can give us hope. They give us hope. Those promises in our faithful God are one of the reasons that we lit that candle today, the first Advent candle, the candle of hope. See, all throughout the Old Testament, the prophets spoke to God's promise to the people of an anointed one, a Messiah to rule over God's people and to establish a kingdom of peace among them. There are so many scriptures that point towards this promised Messiah, but perhaps none more well-known than the one that Linda read this morning. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's God's promise given all throughout the scriptures that describe the coming Messiah, this anointed one, this king. All of those promises we refer to as the messianic promise. God has promised that there would be a saving one. And you and I know that our God is a God who keeps his word and who fulfills his promises. And because of that, the people of Israel had hope in God's promise of a coming king. And because of that, though those people of Israel could know with certainty, with certainty, that the king would one day arrive. Now the problem is that the Messiah God sent wasn't exactly the same as the Messiah the people had come to expect. He didn't look like they thought he would look. Because our Messiah wasn't born into a palace to a wealthy family like all kings before had been. No. He was born to a wandering, working couple in a stable near an inn. Our Messiah wasn't anointed as king to serve with oil on his head by the priests or the prophets of the day in a grand coronation. No. He was anointed by a prostitute who wept at his feet. Our king, he didn't wear a crown made of jewels or of gold. 
No. He wore a crown of thorns that pierced through his brow and spilled the most precious blood there ever was. And our anointed one was not raised to sit on a throne and live a life of power. No. He was lifted on a cross to die a death that brought grace and mercy to you and me. Most of the people of Israel didn't know that Jesus was God's promised one. But we do. You and I understand the scripture and all of God's messianic promise and that they pointed to Jesus, who is our Messiah, who is our Savior, who is the Christ for you and me. And in him, you and I have hope for forgiveness of our sins and hope for eternal life. The very coming of that baby in the major who became then our savior on the cross and who will one day return to rule in peace. He's the source of our hope. In him lies our hope. In him we have life and we have strength and we have forgiveness and we have a future and we have a job and we have an example of how we should live our lives. And so we light this candle in a world that is dark. And by its light, we can be comforted because it represents the light of the hope of Jesus. And on the day when our Lord ascended into heaven, we read about it in the scriptures, after he had defeated death for us, after he had risen from the grave for us, after he had taken away our sins, after he had walked among his followers, and after he gave us a job to do, he ascended into heaven. And the angels came and they looked at all the people who were standing there staring into heaven. The angels said, what are you looking at? What are you standing there looking at? That same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven, will one day come back to you in exactly the way you saw him go. And that, that became one of the many promises that we hold on to in hope that Jesus will return again. We look forward to it. And we look forward to his glorious reign. And we look forward to the peace that has been promised when we finally see his kingdom come. We light this candle of hope because God has kept his promise and has sent us a savior who has righted our wrongs and who has bridged the chasm that stood between us and the very God who calls us beloved. We light this candle of hope because we can know that he will return in final victory. And the scriptures give us a little hint about what that will look like, though I can't even imagine the splendor and the glory and the majesty and the celebration when he tears open the skies to return once again to us. We light that candle of hope because we wait for that. Right here in between the two advents of our Lord Jesus Christ, we can know that we're not alone but that God is with us. God has given us his spirit to dwell among us, to live in us until the day of the Savior's return. And in that we have hope. We light the candle of hope because we can know that by the power of that very Holy Spirit, you and I can and will be made better for we will be transformed to be more like the king who called us to love our neighbors as well as our enemies.
we light that candle of hope because we know that we don't just have to sit here and wait for him to return, but rather that you and I can be useful in bringing about the kingdom of God by being the peacemakers that Jesus called us to be. We got a job to do. You and I can light this candle of hope because we have been given an active part in helping to bring about the glorious and long-awaited kingdom. How do you do that, you ask? You can feed the hungry. You can visit the lonely. You can love the unlovable and you can welcome the weary. You and I can talk and teach and preach and sing and heal and comfort those who need to see Jesus in their world. What greater honor, what greater honor is there in all the world than to be called by our Savior to carry out his work until the day when he returns to reign with us forever. Folks, we light this candle because we do have hope. We have hope, and our hope has a name. That name is Wonderful Counselor. That name is Mighty God. That name is Everlasting Father. That name is Prince of Peace. His name is Messiah. His name is Savior. His name is Anointed One. His name is Christ. His name, our hope's name, is Jesus. And he's coming, not once, but twice. Glory, glory, hallelujah, come, Lord Jesus. Won't you please come? Amen.